Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk all about designing and living life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we hang out with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to connect with them and gain insights that provoke our greatest creative breakthroughs. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer, recording engineer, a mixing engineer, a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artist in my own right. And I welcome you to another episode of The Modern Recordist. this point uh the holiday season is pretty much upon us so uh, that means you're about to have a bunch of time to hide away from your family and uh, binge on a whole bunch of episodes of this podcast so uh cue them up friends and let me tell you how you can do that because uh we've been on itunes since the beginning and if you're a regular listener, that's probably where you found us. And then there's the uh, website that we launched back in October where uh, you can also find all the episodes that we've put out so far. But now we're also on Stitcher. So if you have an Android phone or you just don't like using the podcast app that comes with an iPhone, now you can listen to The Modern Recordist on the Stitcher app. So fire up your app of preference, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap on the subscribe button. Uh, but uh, do make sure you also head over to our website and uh, put your email in the sign-up form that you will find all over the site so that you are always up to date on the latest and greatest that has to do with the modern recordist. Friends, my guest today is an indie artist and musician that has become a friend of mine over recent years, and we've collaborated together. I produced a, a record with him uh, and his bands a few years back, and uh, currently I'm doing some marketing and consulting kind of strategy work with him on a pretty cool project that he's working on and uh we'll we'll get into all that info I'm sure more more stuff about that on the podcast but uh let's just get right into it cuz I'm I'm excited to to have this this guy on and and um you know normally I I I feel like I talk too long in these intros so I just want to get right into it friends please welcome to this episode of the modern recordist my friend Tim Zimmerman, dude, 
Thanks for being here. Thanks for dropping in and hanging out, man. Thanks for having me, man. Glad, yeah, glad to, uh, glad to finally be here. Yeah, man. We've talked about it for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's and been, had intention to do this. Yeah, it's been in the works. Yeah. for a little bit. And so I'm glad that we're finally making it happen, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna get crazy. Yeah, man. It's gonna get wild. No, we're gonna, we're gonna have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, see where. Yeah, it, goes. it could, it could get, it could get crazy. <laughs> you know, like um, based on some of the crazy conversations that, that we've talked about in the past. You and I have been getting together once a week pretty much yep. for like the how much two months two, or two something? months now I th- yeah I think I think about two months. We started um so it's November now. So back in about September we started meeting weekly uh over at, over at uh, the well little yeah. coffee shop um and uh just kind of strategizing yeah. and uh you know, talking talking about various things, you know, related to my project, but also, um, you know, related to what you're doing, and you know, just just having each other's skills kind of work together. Yeah, and it's been really, really good. Yeah, uh, really helpful for me. Um, you know, and what I'm doing. Um, so you've always been a very helpful and and you know, uh, help helpful's the right word. <laughs> like, Dude, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. um, just you have a lot of skills that I don't have, and and so you know. Like you, you've you've said the phrase "iron sharpens iron." Yeah, man. Before, and yeah, that's definitely. I don't know where I, I picked that up from somebody. I didn't come up with that, but dude, yeah. it's totally it, true, it's, man. It's it 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 is true, and it it really is um, very um, indicative of just uh, yeah. It's it's it 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 really is sort of indicative of what actually happens when you get to um, you know two visionary kind of minds together, um, you know, dare I, uh, sort of describe myself as a visionary, but, but, you know, (laughs) you totally are, man. (laughs) Give yourself some credit here. (laughs) But you, um, yeah, I mean, you know, because, and I, I thought, I don't, I kind of don't know how we ended up evolving into that and sort of deciding to what organically led to us deciding to get together once a week but it was kind of that it was sort of feeling like i think in need of some kind of way of being able to have somebody like it it really is like you and i think have always kind of been on the same page in in, in a lot of ways you know what i mean and like you said that i have skills you don't have and likewise you have skills I don't have and it, it's good to just surround yourself with people whose different kind of mentalities and skill sets Absolutely. and things complement one another and I, I think I was just looking for something you know I, I've always got as you I know you do I have a lot of ideas circling around in my head and one of the ways that I help to make sense of these things and figure out structure to it is to have kind of like regular conversations with people. Right. And that's what's one of the things that's been really good about this podcast too, is kind of have regular conversations with people who are sort of in that same kind of mental space yeah. and, and be able to just sort of speak out, just sort of throw all these things out there and just let it sort of take shape oh, and, yeah. and get feedback from somebody. You know what I mean? Well, you know, they, they, they say no man is an Island, you know, I mean, and, and even, even with what I do, I mean, I've been, you know, writing my own music, composing my own everything, you know, I've been running the ship, but I've never done anything by myself. You know, I mean, I've, 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 I've always had really great people again with, with the skills that I don't have, you know, um, because at the end of the day, the art is, is at the center of it and it has to be, you know, um, totally. 
And in order to do that, in order to create anything, you must have, you know, a, a set of people with complementary skills. And yeah. really, that, I mean, that's how we, I originally found you. I mean, just to, to give, give a little backstory here, um, the way you and I met was um, me and my band at the time, Zaz, this was back in 2013, um, we wanted to uh, make our fourth record. Um, and this was, this was a band that I had with really, I mean, honestly, just to give these guys and gal a shout out, some of the best musicians I've ever Indeed, yeah. worked with in Nashville. Likewise, me too. Yeah. I mean, they were just so good and they're still great and we're still working together on, uh, my future projects, which, you know, we'll, we don't want to give the game away too early, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I didn't even actually want to make another record. I'm always kind of pushed into these things uh-huh. by, you know, I, by people around me, which yeah. I need, you know, um, and so the drummer, Sean Sunderland, um, you know, probably the best drummer I've ever worked with mm-hmm. and, and the one that I want to have uh, perform, you know, the Interstellar Healer. Um, he emailed a bunch of, you know, producers and yeah. he, just, he went on like Craigslist and he just he just kind of searched around for somebody that could take what we were doing and elevate it to a much higher level. Yeah. And so when you responded... You know, I think we had we had like a meeting or something like yeah. that, and we started talking about the same records, and instantly yeah. we were like, okay, this is this is the guy that's gonna take us from being this like obscure progressive rock band that's kind of weird and doesn't really. I mean, the music I, I like. You know, I like looking back on on that music, but it was it was also like if you listen to. Um, you know, if the viewers, listeners listen to um, Zaz, you can listen to it, uh, Z-A-S-Z music.bandcamp.com. Uh, uh, we've got, our discography has four four records, and the first three, I like listening to them, but there was always stuff in them that I was kind of unhappy with. I felt like it didn't really connect on a broader scale, um, you know, and so we really wanted to, we really wanted to find a link from what we were doing to the outside world. Cause we, you know, as artists, I think it's really easy to get stuck in your own space. And, you know, it's one thing to create, to, yeah, to create art, mm-hmm. but it's a whole different thing to create art that reaches people and, and is, is something that, that people can identify with. Yeah. And really that's what I wanted. You know, right. it, I had created what I wanted, like, when I was young, when I was 19 or whatever, I was like, screw everybody else. I'm going to do exactly what I want Yeah. to hell with the world. You know, I was very rebellious and angry and stuff. But, you know, when I was 24 or 25 or whatever it was, um, when we created that, I the, the transition is the record that we worked on. Yeah. Um, I was like, I need somebody that can bridge the gap between me, who I'm off on, I'm off in space, you know. Um, doing my thing, me and and the rest of the world, and you, you were that person. Like you were, you were like a a conductor in a way, like a, like an electronic conductor between me and and the world. Like you understood both sides, yeah. Which I think is really important in a producer. Like from an artist standpoint, when you're looking for a producer, you must have somebody that can take what you're doing and make it real. And that's what we wanted, and that's what we got. Mm-hmm. So when we did the transition, um. That's, you know, that, that is the record that like is perfect to me, mm-hmm. you know, it's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and, and we got a lot of really great response out of it. So then several years later, 
um, you know, we, we kind of talked back and forth, like about, I think we recorded a couple things, you know, we, we just sort of, here and there, we kind of, yeah, we kept in touch and then, you know, we started talking about another record. So like record number five, because I have like, you know, a hundred songs in the pipeline and, you know, the members of Zaz were like, yeah, we want to do another record. And I'm like, well, I'm working on many projects here. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that, but then we started talking about my current project, which is the Interstellar Dealer, which is a rock opera. Um, it's a 20 song rock opera that I intend to do. You know, it's like a Broadway style show with a rock and roll band and all this. That was great stuff. Yeah. Um, we started talking about that and, and, you know, so then we were like, okay, let's meet up once a week and yeah. just, just, just talk about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, see where it goes, you know, right. allow, you know, the ideas to kind of funnel into this, into this larger picture. Um, and, you know, since we've been doing that, like I... I have just my my creative flow has opened up. Cool, man. Um, yeah, you know, and so uh, yeah. I mean, to to everybody out there, John is is a, an absolute integral part of <laughs> of my organization, which is steadily growing. You know, we've got the band, we've got John, we've got Kristen, uh, who's going to be singing um, with me. Um, we've got uh, Hira, you know, uh, yeah. designing. Yeah. So there's lots of lots yeah, of, man. Lots of things yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, there's been there's been um, yeah there's it's it's taken different ideas and things have taken shape you know um, in different ways and it's a cool thing because yeah I think that is um, I think that's such an important part of having conversations or or, or connections with people who you know if you're creative and just seeking out other creatives like this I think it's such an important part of it because when you sit and you have ideas you know and you 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 spend time kind of in solitude on your own writing and editing and and sculpting ideas you know like it's just important to get around other people and kind of say talk it out with them oh and yeah brainstorm I mean, because because essential. yeah oftentimes it's like new angles of that take shape that maybe it's just too hard you know, for you to see on your own and then other people just kind of providing insight to maybe try this or that, or have you thought about this? Or maybe, maybe instead of going that far down the road with this, maybe try this other thing, you know, it just gives you other ideas, just as things to think about. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and it just kind of reshapes things oftentimes in a, in a way that whatever it is, is more manageable or just, you know, I think a lot of times it's like things like that are, um, for me, it seems like I'm just becoming more and more aware of this connection between how I feel in life in terms of, you know, being emotionally happy, being, <laughs> being, you know, like, like running you know, the gamut, <laughs> man- managing my stress better and things like that, which remove a certain level of psychological drag, which then allows your brain to have space to, to work out these sort of like, it's like creative problem solving or whatever. Sure. Sure. You know, and I think that it's interesting, you know, there's lately, I think because of 
the tech industry and what Silicon Valley does and kind of some of the stuff that's that that has kind of caught the attention of journalists that kind of cover that area. I think that there's been a little bit more of an acknowledge wider acknowledgement about oh, sure. how creativity plays such a role in ingenuity and innovation. Oh yeah. Despite, you know, because I think I think up until recent years we've 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 always kind of as a as a culture at large more or less have kind of compartmentalized creativity. Oh, there's these creatives and then there's a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. And then there's these (laughs) other people who are, you know, like, you know, business people. Right. And, and, and it's always been sort of compartmentalized. And I think in recent, in recent times, uh, there's been a little bit more of an acknowledgement where, uh, about how kind of that stuff is more intertwined. Oh yeah. One plays to another and you know what I mean? And, um, and uh, yeah, you just see that a lot where people, when you kind of are able to sort of these, these just, you know, manage life better, so to speak, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it opens up kind of this psychological space that allows you to, to just have more cr- creativity and, and spend that creative power invested into just sort of like innovation, even if it is like, you know, you're an accountant or something. There's sure. a, there, there be creative is, at being an accountant. I yeah, mean, exactly. You know, I mean, approach everything like it's art in a way. I mean, you know, and that's like we we were talking about this the other day. You know, in in our organization, we've got, you know, I'm really good at certain things. You know, I'm mm-hmm. really good at writing music. I'm really good at writing the script. I'm really good at imagining things. I'm really good at, but there's a bunch of things I'm not really good at, mm-hmm. and. You know, I approach the things I'm good at as art, you know, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And you do the same thing. And, you know, Amanda, the bass player, does the same thing. Kristen does the same thing. Everybody, what they're good at, if they approach it like they're an artist, and they, I mean, art doesn't have to be just a painting or, um, you know, or music or, I mean, you know, it could be gardening. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, working on a car. I mean, if you right. if you approach it, if you approach it creatively like it's art, then you will you know, you will yeah, reach I new mean, heights it, with what it's, you're doing. It's, it's, you know, it's innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, that's, that's what, you know, uh, that's what we're basically talking about. I mean, because when you're, when you're, whether you're a mechanical engineer or whether you're a songwriter or a poet or whether you are a rocket scientist or something, the innovative place where you're going to break through to new realizations in the field a lot of it is going to grow out of the seed of creativity. Sure. You know, where creativity is all about where you're kind of going to break the rules. You're going to step outside of the box of things. You know what I mean? And it's like Michael Jordan, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, right. He, exactly. The man is an artist. Yes. On the basketball right. court. Exactly. It's you exactly know? that. And that's why, that's why, you know, that's what, um, why I like martial arts so much because, Bruce you know, Lee, man. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, because in martial arts, you know, it's it's when you're looking at like mixed martial arts and, and combat sports and stuff, it's become you know it, it, a martial artist now more than ever is recognized as an athlete. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's 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 a field of athleticism, right? And you know, a lot of times in in more traditional mainstream athletics, you kind of it's not people don't really approach it like they would like in times past I don't know I'm not sure about this but I'm 
I don't know for certain that people would regard necessarily acknowledge somebody like Michael Jordan as a creative person. Now, in some circles, maybe they would, but like at large, you know, you that's sure. just not you don't you don't really you don't really necessarily regard a mainstream yeah, traditional right. athlete as 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 a creative person, but. When as mixed martial arts and UFC and combat sports has become more of a mainstream thing, right. it starts to become people are like, yeah, this person is creative. And one of the reasons that that lends to their so, so much of their accomplishment and so much of their champion way, you know, uh, uh, becoming a champion in the sport is because of their creativity. And there's certain there are certain athletes. People talk about Conor McGregor this way. They talk about John Jones this way. They talk about Anderson Silva this way, and that's always been that's been interesting to me. And I think that's one of the th- and also another thing that's interesting is a lot of people who are musician types. A lot of times, will practice some sort of a martial. Oh art, yeah, you know I mean, mean? you got to think like an athlete. I mean, I as a singer, um, you know, I, I you know I teach as well. I teach over at Guitar Center. I teach vocals, bass, drums, keyboards, all kinds of stuff. And especially with vocals, I always tell my students, you have to think like an athlete. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to condition yourself. Yeah. You have to train. Yeah. You have to take care of your of your mechanism. Um, you know, I have to do that, you know. And, like, if I go out, drink, and stay up all night and stuff like that, I feel it the next yeah. day. You yeah. know, and I'm certainly not going to be doing any any singing then. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the two are, are, are intertwined. I mean, you know... Uh, you're you're creating something but you know you can create a lot of things yeah um and how you know if you approach it like a creative yeah and you're an artist yeah you know what yeah. i mean right and that's actually even going to come up much later in in the opera i'm excited for that um i don't want to give anything away also because i haven't really figured it out yet exactly right um but yeah that's gonna that's gonna come up in the creation of the universe itself yeah, so talk about so maybe I mean I don't know how much you want to divulge, but you know you mentioned like as at the top of the show and things you've worked on in the past, things you're currently wor- working on. Yeah, and so the big project for you right now is uh, working on this opera, right. right? And 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 that's something that you've been focusing. How long have you been focusing on really on the opera? I mean, it was like. Like you had said, you kind of some of the people in 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 the band had approached you and let's let's do another record and there was that was kind of on the table and you had some songs, a body of work there, but then somewhere it kind of evolved to you know what I I really need to and want to focus more effort on creating and this opera which has existed for quite a while. Oh yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, yep. but, but now you you in the last however many whatever year, 6 months, 9 yeah. months, you've you've really like I'm I'm going I'm really going for it to make this be it's something. crazy how that has sort of I don't even looking back it's like I don't even really I mean I know how I got here, but looking back it's it's I mean I never intended for any of this to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean when I was 18, I wanted to be a drummer. That's yeah. what I that was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Never envisioned doing. So just, I mean to go back, yeah. So I've been working on this rock opera, The Interstellar Healer, uh for about 10 years now. Um I it's okay. it started not nothing I do really is intentional. That's the the it, like in all honesty, everything I do, I, I'm reactive to stuff. So like originally, the Interstellar Healer started when I was 19 years old. I wrote a song 
about a healer made of space dust. Um, uh-huh. you know, and that's like, you know, that's, that's part of the, like, I have certain things that, that I want to share and certain things I want to, I want to definitely, uh, make people and, uh, you know, wait on, but, um, he is a healer made of space dust. Um, and originally I wrote the song because there was a girl I really wanted to hook up with that uh-huh. I wrote a duet for. Yeah. I didn't, you know, my intention was not to do anything with it, but, my band they, at the time um, were like, "Dude, this is this is really cool." Like, you. So should... that was like it was a, that was originally it was just like this a song that you wrote it's as just a, a duet. song. I just okay. I wrote it because I could, and I was playing something on the piano, you know, just something something just clicked. I wrote something, and it, it's it's always the people around me that influence me to to take what I'm doing. And, and take it to another level. So that song happened. And then I wrote another song and another song, another song, all these story songs. And when I moved to Nashville, it was like, okay, well, these are kind of connecting together. But then it was Sean, the drummer, that was like, you should do this as a stage show. And to be honest, I, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to admit this in a way, but if it wasn't for the people around me, I would never have done anything at all. Like I would sit in my room contemplating things, brooding and musing and, you know, being all dark and, you know, whatever. Um, it's always the, it's always people around me that put these ideas into my head. You should do a record. You should turn these goofy songs that you wrote on Fruity Loops and your computer into an actual band. Mm -hmm. You should turn this into a stage show. You should create a graphic novel. You should do all these things. I'm never the person that actually says, oh, this is a great idea. I should do this. I am, you know, I have millions of ideas and I can never sift sure. through them. It's always people around me that are the catalysts for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's what's all, that's what happened with this. I mean, you know, it was first Dan, the piano player that said, you should write more of these story songs. And then it was Sean, the drummer that said, you should connect these story songs together and make it into a concept album. And then it was Amanda, the bass player that was like, you should do this as like a Broadway style stage musical and then it was you that that said you should take a piece of this you should take one song and turn it into a graphic novel which is what we're working on Mm -hmm. now it's a graphic novel that um will it's an online graphic novel that will have audio you know the song playing with it uh, which I'm really excited for, by the way, to be yeah, put man. into a it's it's a, a drawing. (laughs) It's 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 moving along, you know, and it's it's turning out But um, it wouldn't if it wasn't for you know everyone around me, mm-hmm. and and that's how this is genesis into, uh, in into the project that that we're doing now because people put ideas into my head, you know, saying you should do this, and then I'm like, okay, and yeah. we, you know, and and we do it. So, um, you know, what we have now for this, we've got we've got the script, um, we've got all the music, um. And uh, we've got you know stage directions, lighting directions. The 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 project is is for all intents and purposes written, mm-hmm. you know. But with every creative endeavor, you know, there's you, you figure out you know, you, I think you figure out like the why first. It's like why mm-hmm. you know, okay, what's the reason for doing this? And then you do it, and then you come up with the what, and you know when, where, you know. But then that the biggest problem for for art is the how mm-hmm. you know it's like okay now that i've got the idea and i've got kind of the creative juices flowing and all this stuff, how do i make this happen so right. like when we calculated this out 
you know, it, it's going to cost like a, a real Broadway style show costs a significant amount of know, money. Yeah, yeah, lots of money. Yeah. So it was you that was like, okay, let's let's make it was the minimum viable minimum product. viable product yeah. and that's just something i picked up from like listening to the tim ferris podcast which is brilliant you know it's, it's something amazing. i think that they throw around in like silicon valley a term or yeah. whatever but yeah man but see i never would have thought of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you know when so now we have the one song um the interstellar healer um and uh you know we're creating a graphic yeah novel. because what it allows to do because i think that i think that the tendency with kind of this type of you know it's like with music probably you know in movies probably although i, I don't really have any experience with like yeah me neither really working on a movie you know what i mean yeah. being, being like anywhere like actually in that world as a professional but <clears throat> but you know, from my experience of, of being in the world of music and very in lots of different capacities throughout the years. Um, so like just how the music business tends to work and, and, and I kind of see this work from a distance in other areas of like the entertainment business, but the tendency is to have this idea and get it really front and loaded, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and so you, you, you have, you know, you somebody slaves away writing a whole record or slaves away writing a whole movie or writes a whole book or like, you know, and, and, and so, you know, and then it's trying to shop it around to get somebody to invest in it and raise all this money and yeah. all the stuff in your tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, maybe even millions of dollars Absolutely. into it. It's like and now building it's, a tower and yeah, not knowing what you're going to put in Right. It. And so it's just so front loaded. It's just mm-hmm. so front loaded. That's that, what like, I was doing too. You know, and, and, and I think... That in times, and it's just, I don't know, that's, for whatever reason, that's the way that people tend to approach these things well, I think traditionally. Yeah. And in times past, that's just how it worked. I mean, but right. pre-internet, I mean... I, I, times were different. Yeah. I, 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 we are, we are in, 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 I believe that we are honestly in times that are in a hundred years, a couple hundred years... This is going to be where we are right now is the Wild West. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, in our generation, you know, I always tell my students this just as a sidebar, you know, you and I, we, we, when we're old are going to be remembered as the generation that were kids and like, you know, young adults when the internet came to be. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we remember we came of age during, during that time. Right. It's just a crazy time, you know, and that has to be factored in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's rewriting rules. It's refiguring out how things work, but it's, it's, it's the most, um, sort of open time, the most, uh, what's the word? Like kind of just full of possibility and opportunity and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just been such an interesting time because it has driven the need for reform and like copyright reform and lots of different ways, you know, whether it be just, intellectual property or whether it be even like world governments rethinking, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like, like, like it, it, it's, there's just so many implications. It goes so deep in like how it has affected cultures on whether it's just like governments and legislation or whether it's just social culture or all, all kinds of things. And it's just very interesting. And, you know, of course m- my real experience in any of that really is just in creating music and yeah, trying to connect and build too. an audience and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's really the way that I think about it. 
you know, uh, or, or at least the thing that's at top of mind, top of concern when I'm uh, working to, to, to figure out what do I do, you know, because I'm, I'm working to build a business around the intellectual property of artistic ideas. Right. I'm not trying to work, I'm not trying to build a business around, you know, new um, some sort of international government policy or like right. whatever, you know, <laughs> spy stuff or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it is, it's an interesting time. And, um, I, I, yeah, I do think that it will be an interesting time looking back on it, you know, in this, in, in this generation of people that sort of were figuring out the rules and figuring right. out it's, what it's, works and what doesn't work. And, you know, the psychology of marketing and, and how that plays into, you know, Going like, well, why are we? Why are we trying to like, like a, a, an easy example to illustrate is like, why are we trying to front load the marketing and development of this artistic idea, this record or this movie or something, the way you would in like 1995 or 1985 or whatever? Invest, you know, millions of dollars in the marketing of this new movie that's coming out or something across traditional media channels. Right. When like the internet has changed it and that's, and, and and like the audiences and the engagement that exists across those platforms isn't what it was. Now it's moved to other places. You know what I mean? Well, the, you know, the music industry is such a great litmus test for that because, you know, um, it's funny too, because like you read, you know, you read like textbooks and stuff like my, my old roommate, was a music business major, uh, you know, and like I had, I had his old textbooks and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they were new and within a year, you know, they were, they were outdated. Mm-hmm. I mean, the music industry, um, the music industry was a certain way and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it changed yeah, it with it, Napster, yeah. you know, the MP3 thing and, and there's, you know, I think that the music industry still tends to hang on to that stuff. Yeah. But but where the music industry really lives now is is the internet, and yeah. it's so much broader. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just not the same way it was. And you have to move with the times. And technology and art are synonymous with each other. I mean, with the advent of the electric guitar, mm-hmm. you know, Les Paul. Yeah. You know, and then and then Jimi Hendrix, right? You know, starts distorting it and stuff like that. I mean, like as as art moves technology moves as well because mm-hmm. we need you know we as artists like art we need the implements to do right. to do what we need to do it's a feedback loop you yeah, know yeah exactly i mean i everything i ever wrote i wrote on a computer cuz mm-hmm. i couldn't play yeah. anything i mean i can play most of them now but i cu- i couldn't play the instruments i was writing mm-hmm. for and so like i needed that technology to create what i wanted to create and the two kind of almost leapfrog together like one moves forward the other moves forward and and vice versa um, which is cool in a way, but you got to move with it. You mm-hmm. know, you, you have to be reactive, mm-hmm. um, and and go with the times. And what you were saying, like front loading everything, yeah, um, you know, is yeah. Is, I I think this this idea of like minimum viable product, you know, and 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 building it up in a way that um, it, it's a balance because I you know there's there's we can get into it really deep. I don't know how deep we want to go, but like yeah. you know, just just. <laughs> It's it's essentially the idea of like how you know the internet and technology and stuff sort of changes consumer behavior, sort of changes consumer psychology, 
sort of changes this kind of, I don't know, value system or, or, you know, desire. And, and, and I think, you know, and I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk a while back and he was saying, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. I haven't, haven't heard the name. Anyway, I, you know, I, I think that one of the things that has shaped me specifically in the way that I think and, and therefore the ideas that I share with you and the conversations yeah. that we have is because I spent a long time, you know, starting around 2007 and I continue to do this, I spent a good, I spent a good deal of my time listening to people who are outside of the music industry and going, wow, that like what they're talking about is really applicable to right. the current times of music. And it's interesting because like, I, I mean, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this idea that like, you know, in the early days of the internet and people buying stuff on the internet and he was like the conversations I was having, he's like, somebody told me that I will never buy a tomato over the internet. And, <laughs> and, and, and Gary Vaynerchuk's just like, yes, you will. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's, and it, even me like back, I'm going, I don't see that. You know, I don't see that. But now looking back on it, I mean, it's like, you know, Amazon owns Whole Foods now and right. like the they, way that, you they, know, and, and, yeah. and the stuff that like I have bought food products over Amazon, sure. you know what I mean? And so it's, it's, it's very, the like internet technology, connected computer systems and things like this, there's no limit to what it touches and, and, and the different sectors that it disrupts, yeah. you know, and music you, you move and with art it. and intellectual property, you know, first it's going to start with abstract ideas because, because, you know right. what I mean? Well, it's kind of like science fiction and, you know, like yeah. we never thought that, like if you would have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be able to hold a, a little tiny computer in my hand right. and touch it and make it do stuff um, and be able to send messages with text and video and stuff. I'd have said, yeah, that, that sounds like, you know, an episode of back, to, like a, one of the back to the future movies or something like or, that. Or like Star Trek or yeah, something. It just, yeah. it sounds so implausible, Yeah, but you know, that's how innovation works. It's like you get a crazy idea and eventually you make it do real. You remember, do you remember, like, I think it was, well, do you remember Dick Tracy? Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Totally. And then, and so I was Dick Tracy like a um, was it? I, I guess it was a character that dates back a while, like Pretty, the fifties yeah, or that was a comic strip. Well, yeah, I was thinking it was a comic strip, and then yeah. and then Warren Beatty. They made. Did you ever see that movie they made in like the eighties? The the live the live action. Yeah, it was yeah. it had like Warren Beatty had. Yep. I think Madonna yeah. was in it, and there yes. was a few others. And I remember being obsessed with when that. I don't remember when that movie came out. It was definitely the eighties because yeah. I, I remember. That when I used to watch Honey I Shrunk the Kids mm -hmm. on our version of it, like one of the previews had, okay, had that, and that yeah. came out. I think I was about I think like eighty eighty seven or I was yeah. about a year old when that. Came I think out. I saw Dick Tracy in the movie theater. Yeah, I, I want to say, but anyway, he had that watch that you could like. He would talk to people on yeah, the watch. Yeah, right. It was like it was. I guess it was. A, was it a watch? It was a watch. Yeah, that's. It was what a it watch, was. Yeah. and it was also like a walkie-talkie yes, or something. He and he would like to talk it. into uh -huh. like his. Um, Whoever his, his his yeah the the dispatch or the boss or whatever yeah whatever yeah. I, I it's been a long time since uh, yeah. how, I don't remember how Dick Tracy how the whole premise of it all works but yeah anyway I would just remember and I had and uh, they there was like a toy watch you could get yeah a Dick Tracy toy watch and I had to have it when I was a kid <laughs> and and I had that watch and I loved it and I was obsessed with it you know and that's exactly what we're talking about that was science fiction that was. You know, this idea that you would have a watch that you could talk to somebody on. Yep. It was just like, and you know, you're talking about, 
you know, as a kid in the 80s watching that and you're going, wow, like that's so cool. That's so magical. And it's just, you know, it's it's movie magic. Right. But here we are in 2000, pretty much 2018. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, right, at, we're right on the cusp of 2018. about over. <laughs> yeah. And, and we actually have that. Right. And not only do we have a watch that you can talk into, you can but that watch, everything with it. that watch makes the Dick Tracy watch look like a freaking joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so And true. it's just crazy. And so what is that like? Um, is that thirty years ago? Uh, I guess yeah, 80, 86, 96. Yeah, about about thirty years. And when some the change. Dick Tracy Warren Beatty movie came yeah, out, something around that. And let's so like, I mean, I guess you could say a little bit more than thirty years ago because I guess the Dick Tracy thing beat predate. Yeah, I don't know when. I don't know like when Dick Tracy. Yeah, I don't know when Dick Tracy was invented. And yeah. it was. I I want to guess. Well, I was going to say the 50s, but I don't know. That I it think was. it was around then. You I mean, think that so? was like the golden as Well, you because know, the Dick Tracy, uh, the Dick Tracy, the uh, at least in that movie that I remember, wasn't it like, well, I guess it was like the 20s or 30s when it was supposed to have taken place. Right. right? Yeah, it was like the roaring 20s kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, in any, I mean, we, our, our, our memories are hazy on that. But yeah, yeah I mean, in any case, it, you know, it, you, you see this stuff in movies. I mean, that everything, everything comes from imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, if you, you imagine it, and and like I said, like I mean, it's like all all that remains is how are you going to make this happen? And it may not happen right now. It may not happen even in a couple decades. But eventually, somebody's going to figure out how to how to actually make it happen. Yeah, and that's you know why like imagining and creating. And thinking outside of of our boxes is so important, you know. Yeah. And and being a culture that values that, yeah, is is essential. You know. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's also it's interesting, kind of how imagination and fiction informs. Like uh, at a certain point, those things actually end up becoming reality. Jules Verne is a perfect yeah. example. Yeah. You know? I mean, like. 20,000 leagues under the sea yeah. and he, you know submarines or you know we travel to the moon yeah um you know uh, it's and and that's what's great about science fiction i mean that's yeah. that's what i love about it is that i can say okay i'm going to create a universe and i'm going to say that uh they have matter synthesis so they can create anything they want so there's no need for class systems or or financial structures um Thanks to you know they they can travel the the uh, the breadth of the universe in mm-hmm. the blink of an eye with you know quantum entangled entangled tachyon travel whatever yeah, yeah. you start making stuff up yeah, you know yeah. that has only just a slight tenuous link to reality yeah you know um and for me it's fun but you know I mean these kinds of things give people that can actually make stuff ideas mm-hmm. I'm never going to make I mean I have some characters. Uh, that um, they they have little screens embedded biometrically into their hands, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I, I I will never make that happen. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not the guy to make that happen. But somebody's going to. Somebody's going. It's to. already happening. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, like, yeah, that kind of stuff is is not that far away. Yeah, and that's you know. But but the cool thing about science fiction and and fiction in general is that it takes us out of our our lives, you know, our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And as creators, like that's to me, that's a huge responsibility. And that's why it's really kind of terrifying to me sometimes. Cause I want to make sure I get it right. You know, it's like, I gotta, I gotta get this, not maybe rights the wrong, the wrong word, but I, I gotta get it so that I, it, my vision is achieved. You know what I yeah. Mean? I mean, if you want to get philosophical for a second, like, you know, one of the things that's kind of like a mantra of mine that, that I've been sort of going, reflecting on sometimes, um, is this idea that's like, there is no right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, and, and by the same token, there's no wrong. So it, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit of kind of this mental trick that I'm able to, I, I, a technique that I use in myself because I know you're like me and I know a lot of creative people were all similar and we get, you know, overanalyze things, kind of get caught Paralysis in this, of analysis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and just, We've you're, you're caught up in, what decision and like, should it be this way or should it be that way or whatever? And right. You know, I, I, whether it be, um, production of this podcast, whether it be a song that I'm writing, whether, I mean, or, or whatever, I mean, I get caught up in that. Right. And so one of the things that I've been doing thinking about lately, just this idea is like, it doesn't matter. Like none of it, who cares? Like it's, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, I try to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, man. (laughs) It says, it says it right there. Yeah. Nothing really matters. Yeah. Which is true in a sense. And that, I mean, you were really helpful with that a couple of weeks ago because I was really nervous about contacting these illustrators for Mm -hmm. the graphic novel because I was like, oh man, what the layout's wrong. I should probably, I should probably work on it some more. Probably like, you know, mess with it. And you were like, dude, I wanna, I wanna get an email from you by noon mm-hmm. saying that you messaged these guys. Yeah. And so like, it was just really helpful. I mean, you know, it's 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 great to have that. You know, yeah. You do get it's easy. It's so easy to get stuck and overthinking, overanalyzing. But at right. the end of the day, you have to make something. Right. And yeah, I think that uh, too. I mean, you know, it was like Seth Godin said. I read some of his stuff, and he was talking about. Uh, I don't remember exactly the context and how he set this up, but he was basically s- s- saying like, you know, the idea of like taking risk and and things being, you know, um, sort of worth doing or but but like the people I'm I'm really botching it but I remember the the catchphrase what he said what he the point of it was that he said like you know this might not work so you're like stepping into a place where um you're setting yourself up to like there's no guarantees right. in what you're building and doing and creating and thinking about and whatever in the end it might not work well what does that actually mean well what is it what does this might not work mean and you have to like sort of figure that out in the context of what you're doing and there is in other words there is real sort of to say like well it doesn't matter or nothing matters or whatever you know i mean there is a real sort of um i'm trying to think of the right word and what's coming to mind is consequence but that's not really the word that i want to use but in any case it's an outcome like think about it this way i have this conversation i'm sure i've had it with you before and I talked to other people about this, but the the way I kind of think about these things is like I think about bands that I respect, yeah, bands that I really like, and I go, why do I like that band? What draws me? What's one of the things that draws me to this artist? You know, and I have figured out that I really like artists who continually 
explore and continually kind of try to innovate on themselves and they don't just get complacent. They don't just go, we've figured out this thing and we're just going to sit here. Like, you know, there's certain bands that write, they can, they know how it's like we've written this hit record. Then we, and then they'll just kind of get into like, we just keep kind of almost keep writing the same record over and over again because they they know that it's like, it's working. Right. Yeah. And I can, we can tell that. I mean, we can see. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not fooling anybody and, and, and I just, you know, I guess most people out there, you know, are are into that or whatever. Like people who are are just music consumers are sort of into that. But I like the people who are going to take a risk. I I'm really drawn to the people who risk their artistry, their reputation, their genius, their whatever it is that they're risking. You sure. know, their personal absolutely um, just identity or whatever. In going, okay, the last time I made a record, it was a hit, but I'm not going to do that same thing again. I'm going to do something else. And the idea is like, you know, you're doing, you're writing this record, you're recording this record, you're going to put this record out and this might not work. Right. That kind of stuff is what really fires me up. Same here. You know, absolutely. And, and that's the kind of thing that, that, I am inspired to create myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So to to bring it back around again, to say like, you know, nothing matters. It doesn't really matter. I mean, that is a good mental trick because like, it just it, makes it so you're free to... In the sense that 1,000 years from now, right. 2,000 years from now, Pull or whatever. scale. You know, it's like people aren't... Does e- the universe actually care? Yeah. You know, even if you write a mega hit, let's say that what you create is the is the mega hit of all mega hits, and right. it's the biggest selling piece of art that ever existed in all mankind you're or whatever. still just an earth. Fast thing. forward 3,000 years, people are going to go... I mean, <laughs> they, they, it, yeah. I mean, they might go... They might talk about it the same way that we talk about Leonardo da Vinci's work. But nobody right. is like, you know, nobody is sitting around just structuring their entire day just in dedication to these thought right. processes around Leonardo da Vinci's right. work. You know what for I'm saying? An, for an artist to think the opposite is is arrogant. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you, you can't you can't get get that into your mindset. I mean, even if what we create, you know, it, it, like let's say this graphic novel, you know, it's just starting right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with it. You know, it could, it, who knows, it might go nowhere. Maybe everybody hates it. Maybe it's, you know. But you should or, still do it. Right. You or know, maybe, maybe everybody loves it, but I got to put it out there anyway. Yeah. You know, and, it and, might not work. Right. Right. So, so I think that what we're to, to sort of like anchor it down and sort of like my takeaway from what we're saying, at least what I'm kind of garnering from this is that there's a, you should be doing creating stuff that's kind of risky, right? Absolutely. That, 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 that is risky, that there's no guarantee that it's going to work. There's Meaning there's not a guarantee that it's going to just make that that impact with a lot of people that you hope that it will, right. okay? You, so you should be striving to create art that lives in that space, that sure. stretches you, that gets you out of your comfort zone. That That's innovation. But at the same time, um, knowing that this idea that in the grand scheme of sort of the universe and time and, you know, and and you're even your life. Okay. Like, like this decade versus the next decade or the decade after that, what you're creating now doesn't matter. Right. Because you're getting, let's say it doesn't work. Well, you get to do try again on something else. Let's say it does work. Cool. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to continue to innovate. So in the, so in the sense that, you should be creating something that's worth creating. It should be risky and it might not work. But in the sense that, 
you're trying to achieve perfection, you're getting stuck in analysis paralysis. There is no right answer. Right, and you're just so going to sit doesn't matter. there. You're going to sit there and stew yeah. forever. And then, and then you know that it's definitely not going to work right. because you're not doing it. it's never it. gotten it's done. It's not right. even gotten done. Some, yeah. I, I heard a great phrase that um, you, you never finish a work of art. You just stop working mm-hmm. on it. I've you heard know? that too, and I don't know where that came from, but it's I've heard people repeat that. It's a brilliant quote. Yeah. I mean, you know, like with the, with the transition, you and I, you know, I would have sat there and tweaked stuff for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every, you know, all you guys were like, look, you know, this need, we need to come to a point that this is, that this is finished. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, so with the graphic novel, I'm doing five pages per week. And like I, I said before, you know, before we started today, you know, last night I was up till four in the morning mm. finishing these pages. And I told, you know, the artist that I was going to give them to her you know, yeah. by, you know, yesterday. Yeah. So I had a deadline, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to make deadlines for yourself. Um, and that's not, right. that doesn't devalue what, what you're doing. It just means that there is a finished product. And, and the, the biggest paradox to being an artist or not even being an artist, because you, you might be a creator and not even make art, you know, just being a creative person in general is that you're always, in my opinion, you're always chasing the dragon, you know? Mm-hmm. You you can make that mega hit song, but then what do you do? Yeah. You know, there's all, you're never, you're never going to be finished with your mm-hmm. work. And, and ultimately, I guess, you know, the way I look at it is that the art is a byproduct and really you are, you know, the development that you've had as a person is, is really the greatest takeaway mm-hmm. from it for you. You know what I mean? So, which... Which means you must be risky. You must be yeah. dangerous. You know, you must step out in into the darkness and not knowing what's going to happen um, for your own sake and yeah. for the sake of everyone else. You know, yeah. because we we need that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's what pushes me forward. You know, doing doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, because yeah, it's it's scary. You yeah, know? like it's terrifying. Yeah, I don't sleep very much because of it um but you gotta do it anyway you know yeah and that's and that yeah. that i think like that's what attracts you and me to the artists that we're attracted to you know they i mean you know they whether it whether it goes big or whether it goes nowhere they're gonna do it anyway yeah you know and that's what i think is cool and i totally respect that you know and i'm always i mean i hesitate to drop this name yet again but i mean probably you, you you're you're totally aware of, and at this point, everybody that listens to this podcast, totally aware of, maybe an eye-rolling way, <laughs> that that one of the single biggest influencers on me in the musical world has been Billy Corgan. Absolutely. And I'm I, I've you know I've loved, I've crossed paths with him. I've never I've not really ever actually met him. Um, but but I've you know I've we we've I've acknowledged him and kind of had a crossing his path. Yeah, right. And that's the, that's the extent of it. In other words, I don't personally know him. Right. Right. But I I I I don't know that there's any creator or like artist or whatever that I I've spent more time kind of just researching, sure, sure. reading their lyrics, contemplating their lyrics, learning the guitar riffs, listening to interviews, contemplating, you know, just absorbing information about how do you create art? Where were you coming from when you did this or that? Uh, what are your reflections on this record that you made versus that record that you made? Sure. 
you know, um, all, all these kinds of things. And, um, and, and I, and I really, uh, I really gravitate that. I think that's one of the things that, like this exact subject that we're kind of yeah. talking about is what has one of the biggest things. I mean, initially it was just something about the music drew me in something about those guitar riffs, something about the tone of his guitar, something about the way he approached right. songwriting and melodies and stuff. But as I grew older, you know, and, and, and I, I, I amassed my own professional experience in the industry, made my own records, worked with other artists to make records and stuff and had my own experiences and then reflect back on that as, as you, more it's like where you came from. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and just kind of reabsorbed some of these, these thoughts of his and his sort of as much as I could garner from sort of a distance, his sort of mindset and creativity like he's a risk taker in terms of just like it's just been especially lately I've really kind of been absorbing more uh dropping back in on interviews and stuff that I found yeah just listening to what he talks about and like kind of his philosophies and I mean it's really become apparent more than ever now that to him it is truly all about the art. It really yeah. is, and and like you, you know, that. oh, it's incredible. Like his his like in, a, in like his artistic integrity of it all is yeah. is is so pure, you know. And and he's never he's he's been a guy who has written and and put out hit records, but he but he doesn't just do that again. He he's like I'm you know okay cool that worked that was a thing we did that that was awesome. I don't want to just do that anymore. And even when he, you know, right. when the original Pumpkins disbanded and he went on to do some other projects, and then ultimately reformed with the Pumpkins and stuff. It was really, really important to him. And I, and, and, and in like interviews and different things that I saw him kind of publicly going through the struggle of trying to keep innovating and push forward in this new version of the Pumpkins. And now that, you know, there's 25 years worth of Pumpkins history to right. go on and the public is going to have a certain expectation about what that is. And there's going to be a certain 79. Yeah. And, and then there's going to be certain pressures sort of in the, in the um, uh, economic end of, of all that to do a certain thing that, that he doesn't want. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm and not, he doesn't have to at this point, which is, which is, you know, that's I think that's a great spot to be in, you know. I mean, and I don't know, like artists like that for me too. Like, you know, I mean, I I, I really respect Tom York a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, Radiohead, yeah, is really. They're another great example of that. Yeah, I mean, whether Bo or not Bowie is a great example. Yeah, I know, of that, you know yeah, what I mean, really. I mean, and those I think the common thread is that those guys and gals are gonna do what they're going to do. They're doing, mm -hmm. it just so happens that people like it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, but I don't know that like when you look at their, when you look at their catalog, I'm not sure that everybody likes everything they no, did. You yeah, know what I mean? Definitely not. I mean, I look, I love David Bowie, but some of his stuff is really bad. You yeah. Know? Just any, I mean, you're not going to get it perfect every time. Right. But I mean, I, I think like, you know, all these, all these people, like they have something within them that they must get out. It's, it's, it's right. like, um, and, and really like, you know, like we we're talking about innovation and stuff like that. The only, the only reason anything ever happens is because of adversity. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? The, why'd we invent the wheel? Right. Because we needed to get stuff to a place easier. Why, you know, why do we write music? Because there's some chaotic force in our brains that we absolutely must express mm -hmm. somehow um 
And, and I think that's, that's really like what you and I respect the most is, you know, just that, that realism with, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of music out there, you know, and I, I am no, I am not shy about the fact that I really don't get into much that's playing right now. Mm-hmm. I, it just, mm-hmm. none of it really, really gets to me. I mean, there's yeah. some stuff out there, certainly. Um, but, uh, I'm, I, I feel like the artists that I respond to the most are the ones that, you know, they're just what's natural for them. You know, it's like they're creating something real mm-hmm. and that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, that's what I have to do. I mean, I have, well, I have no choice. And to you, what is that like when you say like the artists, they're, they're creating something real kind of, what does that mean? So, I mean, like, I, I guess, okay. So for me, you know, yeah, I wrote, I mean, the, the reason I wrote the first song of the interstellar healer was because, you know, I was trying to give with this girl or whatever. Yeah. But the reason all of this has, come to where it's come to is because the universe that I've created, you know, the story, the characters and stuff, these are the places I go to escape the chaos in the world around me and the chaos in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and that's, that's where it gets real. Okay. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's hard, it's hard to describe. Um, but I, I mean, I'll use Tom York as an example, you know, you, you, re- you listen to a lot of Radiohead, and a lot of it gets pretty depressing mm-hmm. because that's what he's that's what he's going through in his mind. I mean, mm-hmm. I started I started writing music because I was uh, I was 19 years old. I wasn't going to college. I had just joined the army. I had an undiagnosed mood disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so like we're saying, getting real and stuff. You know, I've I've been diagnosed with yeah. bipolar one. Um, so, you know, that's, and I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and there was just this insanity going on Mm -hmm. in my head. So, you know, I'm sitting here like, what's the reason for living? There is no reason for living. This is all bullshit. And, you know, so I create this story in my head to help me survive that. Mm. We write songs to help us survive that. Um, and it's not always like that. I mean, it's, it's not always from a, from a place like that. Um, it's just, I, I think what it is, is like the world is what the world is, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you look outside and, and the world is relatively unchanged, you know, by, by what we say and do, but to be you know, like when you're, when you're create when you're creative, it's like, that's your way of changing the world. Mm-hmm. That's the way of altering the world and turning it into the way you want to see it. Because when I, when I, I hear the song in my head and then I put it into something real. And then rather than having to explain to somebody, this is how I feel. This is how I think it's like, here, listen to this. This makes sense. This is what connects me with you. So, so it's, it's a way of kind of like coping with stuff you feel like can become overwhelming. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, to be a human is, is a blessing and a curse, Mm -hmm. you know, because like, you know, we are endowed with this ability to understand things, comprehend things, and reason, you know, and, and you know, emotions that, as far as we know, are not present in the animal kingdom. I mean, I know, look, I've had dogs that absolutely love me. They, you know, they would protect me. They would die for me, whatever. The difference is they don't know why they're doing it. Mm. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, and, and so... Like, it's it's like, um, that complication needs to be expressed. You know, I mm-hmm. have to get it out there. 
Um, I created a a character that is a healer made of space dust with a black hole for a heart who, well, I don't want to give away too much, but that's what he is. And he doesn't remember. He's got this mission that he's healing the universe. He's the most powerful being in the universe. He's a God worshiped by the entire mm-hmm. universe. And he has no idea why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me, you know, there was, there was a period of my life over this year, a period of about five months um, that I really wish I could erase from my memory. Just scrub it out. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I live as this character. I am the mm-hmm. interstellar mm-hmm. healer. It's like, he's more me than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but um, it's like... Uh, Keep it up. Um, you know, I am literally changing the world I live in without actually like changing it physically. Yeah. I'm changing the way I see it. Yeah. And ultimately possibly altering the way other people see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've got characters in movies and and books and and video games that I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Um because they awaken a part of me that that I identify yeah. with. Yeah. You know, I mean, um Luke Skywalker. Yeah. For example, you know, uh, even, you know, Rick Sanchez, you know, like Rick, everybody's into Rick and Morty these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. But Which I still haven't watched. Dude, you got to watch yeah. it. It's amazing. Um, you know, I identify, like, those those characters awaken a part of me. Um, you know, so when I'm creating my characters or my songs or my, you know, whatever, you know, I that is me putting something into the world that's a part of myself mm-hmm. that, that I have to. And, you know... I think that everybody has different ways of doing that. Yeah. You know? With some with some people, it's as easy as just talking. You know, talking is expressing something. Yeah. Or, you know, um, having a hobby or a group activity that, that you do. But ultimately, people want, need, people need to express themselves. Yeah. You know, people people need to, to get that complication yeah. of being a human out. Yeah. Um, and, it, it's, and, it's almost like when you're, Talking about it, you know, it's it's interesting because I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, why is it, I was kind of just thinking, why is it that some people, like what you're talking about, creating what you create, and you're trying to express the human condition as you experience it, you know, and kind of cope with with your reality and things and make sense of things, but, but also create a, a picture that communicates how you see things to people. And then there's some people who, um, don't do that. They just talk about it. You know, they just go, maybe they go to a therapy and they just talk it out or maybe they have a good friend or a spouse or something and they just sort of, talk about it, but they don't create some sort of artistic expression out of it. You know, so it's almost as if it's interesting because I can identify with what you're saying, but I'm just thinking like, how come it's, there's almost like there's some other extra layer to what you're trying to do beyond simply just communicate the, your experiences because you're, because if it was just simply communicating your experiences, you would just write down verbatim. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and like, 
but but like it's turning it into a piece of art. So like, what do you think that's about? Why do you think that it's man? You know, that's that's where it gets weird because, you know, like, I in my experience, um, with my stuff, um, you know, the the records and um, the 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 rock opera and stuff. I don't really know why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I've never. I don't. You know, because sometimes I really hate it. Like, sometimes I want to throw the fucking thing against the wall, you know, and say, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm moving to Amsterdam. I'm out of here. You know, peace out. Drop the mic, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And then I wake up in the morning. I just go do it again. Yeah. You know? Um, So for me, it's like, I wonder, why am I doing this? Why is this so important to me? Why have I spent thousands upon thousands of dollars, thousands upon thousands of hours, you know, why, why have I given up, you know, meaningful relationships? Why did I leave everything I had to come to Nashville? Why, you know, why am I doing this? What's Mm -hmm. the point? Because, you know, once it's done, it's not like it's going to save me from dying. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's going to, make me immortal i'll never be the interstellar healer you know i'm i'm not going to spontaneously combust into this you know transcendental blue orb yeah and and suddenly you know know everything you know so it's like why why am i doing it and honestly the answer to that is that i don't see any other alternative Mm -hmm. you know it's like why 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 do I wake up in the morning? Why mm-hmm. do I eat? Why? I mean, that's something that's really hard hard for me to yeah. e- explain. Yeah. It's just like, it's something that I feel like I just have to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to create something yeah. that people like. I want to create something my mom likes. <laughs> yeah. I want to make money and have a lifestyle and this, that, and the other thing. But if none of that happens, I still have to do this anyway. Yeah. It's just something... That and and I actually I approach this in the opera, um, and it's going to get pretty interesting um, as to why we're that way. I'm gonna basically what so you I, are going to explore that theme kind of what I am going to do with this opera. What I'm tr- not even what I'm trying to do. What I have somehow wound up doing is I have lots of questions about stuff that have no answers, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of religious conversations with my mom, who is a very smart woman, and is also a very, you know, a very faithful Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the kind that's like, what she says, uh, back, you, back you up against the wall until you holler Jesus. It's, yeah. She's not like that. She's very philosophical about it. And we have these, like, long conversations and stuff. You know, um, I, like, that whole, like, nothing matters thing, I've been there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, I've had the existential crises. Yeah. Where I'm like, I am just a collection of molecules on a larger collection of molecules yeah. that is orbiting a much larger collection of molecules yeah. in a vacuum surrounded by God knows what, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that's, a, that's a pretty scary place to think of. Once mm-hmm. you start wrapping your mind around that stuff, you, you start, you know, it, 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 it really makes you feel pretty, pretty small. So, you know, the questions of like, where do we go when we die? Is there a God? Why are we here? You know, why are there colors? You know, um, why do we have this need for companionship, this need for love? Why, you know, why, 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 why? I'm actually going to answer all these questions in the opera. Okay. Um, 
in a very fictional, very fun sort of way that, you know, you got to kind of, you got to kind of suspend your disbelief about uh-huh. it. You know, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's the big thing. I'm going to remove those questions mm-hmm. and then see what these characters are like. So for example, in the opera, the universe, um, they, uh, like I said, they have no war. There's, you know, criminals don't go to prison. They just get healed by the healer. Mm-hmm. They, um, they have one unified government that really isn't a government. They don't have money. They can travel anywhere they want to. They basically live in perfection. And there is no question about who their God is. It's the interstellar healer. Okay. They know him. They've seen him. They've experienced him. He is there for them. There's no question about it. And in that story, there's no question about is there is there an entity above that well and person. That's, and so maybe you go there. We go okay. there. Okay. Yes. Uh we absolutely go there. Um but as we know it now, that's that's kind of kind of the state of play. Um so I took all that stuff out, but then I gave them a, a flaw, which is they can't they can't create art. They can't express themselves. Mm-hmm. They uh are very robotic, you know, very uniform. They, you know, that's the one thing they lack. Um so and then the big question is, where does Earth fit into this? And believe me, it does. Uh, and it's going to be fun. Cool. Um, but yeah, so like I wanted to juxtapose this perfect universe, you know, alongside mm-hmm. uh, Earth as we know it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and these are all reflecting these kind of fantasies that I have, you know, about these huge questions that really trouble me. Right. You know, like my place in the universe. I mean, I'm not, you know, I wish that I felt comfortable going out and, you know, just going to a bar and hanging out. I don't, I don't feel good about that. Like I just feel out of place. I don't feel right. So I go home, I write this stuff and it makes me feel better. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like a universe that I can quasi exist in. Do you feel like it's like socially awkward or do you feel like it's boring or do you feel like you could be spending your time a better way it's a or a little bit of all of it man yeah. to be honest i mean like if i suddenly removed all of this creative stuff from my life i mean i wouldn't be me mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i mean like i said the art all that stuff it's a byproduct yeah it's a byproduct of the person that i am and that's really what, in my opinion, that's what good art is. That's what real yeah. art is. Yeah. Is it's like I said, it's a it's it's the result of what's going on in that in that person. And what's really cool about it is that it's it's a tangible record yeah. of it. I mean, I had a conversation with a guy in a bar who got really mad at me. But I said, you know, if you want to teach aliens about what humans are like. Show them our art. Yeah. Because that is going to show them who we really are. Yeah. And that's really what I'm after here is like removing all this external stuff, you know, my job, my life and stuff, getting down to what really makes me me. Yeah. Um, so the guy, so you had a conversation, the guy got mad at you. So yeah, it was like, you just disagreed. Yeah. He started yelling at me and, and. Well, why you know, did he get so? I think because I punched a nerve, man. Because I said something. What was his? What was his? His thought? He was about talking it. about government and economics and politics and stuff. And he was like, "This, you know, an alien race that would be the best right. view." And into- he was saying, "You're an idiot" and stuff like that. And I felt really good, to be honest, because if I punch a nerve, that means 
Yeah. That means I'm on to something. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm biased, but I tend to agree because because those because the art is a commentary on all of those things. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. And, it's, and real. it's definitely something that you would have to expose yourself to a lot of different forms of art from lots of different creators. But once you looked at all of those things, you know, you would get sort of this even picture of things and you know what I mean? Like absolutely because all those issues, all those things, it's, it's like art is a commentary on, on all that stuff. I mean, look at, you know, you can, I mean like Shakespeare, it's almost arguably that like an alien race might just need to look at like Shakespeare, the Bible and like, right. You know, a couple of Greek philosophers or something. Well, what I, what I would also posit is this. I mean, and this is this is something I'm going to explore in the opera. I think let's let's flip the script a little bit. Rather rather than saying like we're humans and and some of us create art and some of us don't and some of us consume art and what what if everything we do to the rest of the universe were art? You know, what if and that right there creates responsibility among us. Now say say again now. So like, you know, every every single thing I do. Let's let's just say for for a moment that there's an alien race that is watching us. Mm-hmm. And to them everything we do is art. So like every move we make, you know, suddenly it's like, well, you know, it's it's not like a it's not like a moral thing, but it's like you know the next time you walk down the street, and you're a jerk to somebody, you are that is a stroke on the painting, that is your life, you know because ultimately we're the art is kind of mm. I guess what I'm what I'm well it's an about. interesting way to look at things like you know some of the some 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 of the inspirational stuff that that I've come across recently was like you know these ideas of sort of be the hero in your own movie or like gamify life and all that stuff. And that's an interesting way to kind of like look at life to kind of like almost in a way remove so much of the, in a way the pressures of it and kind of just go, yeah, man, like it doesn't really, things don't really like, don't sort of put too much weight on any one thing and then, and just think of your life in this sort of fun way. And what would, if your life was a movie, what would the hero do? And it allows you to sort of be creative in life. Exactly. It's an interesting way to kind of like look at things. I I don't know. I mean, like, so it's like, we're all creating art. We're just creating different kinds of art. Yeah. You know, I happen to be creating a rock opera where, like we said in the beginning, that guy out there, that's fixing his car is is doing the same thing but even just like how i treat other people mm-hmm. how i approach the world yeah you know yeah i mean it's like you know you think about like sometimes i think about this interesting construct like i remember when i was you know younger and would like play some city or, or like a video uh, game like that, that or something <laughs> or like some other sort of sort of like online type of i remember there was like this um in the early days of online, it was kind of a weird thing because you almost, there was like this, it was online, the online world was so new that there was kind of this anonymity to things. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and... Ambiguity, it was, too. Yeah, and it was almost as am, if... Am something. <laughs> yeah. 
And like, it was almost as if in a way, part of your mind was like, sort of like, well, this isn't real. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just hard to like conceive that if you were in some sort of chat room, I remember my friend showing me something like, what was it called? Like IRC. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I sort of. And, and anyway, it was kind of like the early days of, of, you know, chat or whatever. But I just remember like almost it was so there was like this anonymity of things and almost in a way things didn't really like seem real, you know, and like it's almost as if you sort of messed with somebody in some weird way. You, you didn't. It was almost just like there was something like, I don't know. I remember kind of like early. I remember sort of being a troll, but not really having intention of being a troll back then. Yeah. I just didn't sort of understand. Like, and it was like sure. the, the internet was so new and everything. Oh, man, I know. My cousin showed me how to, you know, be in a chat room. And I was 13 years old, so I was loving this. I had yeah. seven internet girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. I and everybody lied about who you I'm were. I'm sure none of them what, were actually. Yeah, I mean, I would always, I would always, yeah, I would always. Anytime I got online, I would always be like, "Well, who do I want to become today?" But the point that I was making with that was that, like, in a way, like, you know, of course, there's there's a lot more sort of social blowback if you do this in sort of in real life, face to face with a person. But there's kind of sometimes I think about that. I think about that construct of like gamifying life and like how you can sort of create whatever. I mean, you can. It's, you can be creative. You can you can create whatever you want, and it's a right. really real way to uh, connect with that idea that that your life and your reality really is what you create it to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? And what you put out there, and how you treat people, and all that kind of stuff. And you can you can do an experiment. You know, you can treat people poorly and see what kind of and do that over and over and over again and just sort of see what kind of like comes out of your life. And mm-hmm. you can you, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Something well, about what you'd said triggered this kind of. Yeah. Thing. And that and that's good. That's what I want to do. I mean, I mean, that's no, it's not even what I want to do. It's just what has come about. Yeah. You know, I don't really again, I compare myself to the Joker from the Dark Knight. I'm a dog chasing cars. I don't know what to do if I. Right. Yeah. 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 Do things. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I got the, I, I even got the smile down, you know, but yeah. it's true. I don't know why I'm doing anything that I'm yeah. doing. But like, if I, if I do trigger something, if I punch a nerve, then that to me is like what I'm kind of here for in a way. Not that like I've been designed to do that, but that's just the role that I'm taking, you know, by writing this. Yeah. Because I've got several characters and each of them is each of them is kind of a piece of me in a way. Mm-hmm. But each of them all, like, you know, none of them is truly a villain and none of them is truly a good guy. It's because people aren't like that. Yeah. You know, people are conflicted. Yeah. Um, And you're not always going to do everything right. I mean, I, you know, sheesh, like, I mean, if I think back on, you know, I've said some horrible things to people. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I've, I've, been cruel i've been judgmental I've and it was been, a moment in time it was just right yeah I, I love those kinds of stories are the ones that resonate with me the most the kind of thing that's got some sort of moral complication to it it's not mm-hmm. really black and white it reflects life the reality of life that things are gray and there's multiple millions of there's just an endless way amount of uh interpretation to a thing Absolutely. or whatever you know and all that well and you know carl sagan i think it was carl sagan said that the the 
humanity is how the universe comes to understand itself. There's mm. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to get my quotes. I, together, I've heard but, some Alan Watts quotes like yeah. that and stuff like that. That stuff really does resonate with me. But so if you know if if we like where I'm gonna where I'm gonna go with this is I'm gonna I'm gonna answer why. Now, not in such a way that I know the answer. I'm gonna make up an answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna create an answer. Yeah. To to you know elicit thoughts and ideas and stuff. Um, but you know, rest assured that that where we're gonna go with this opera is gonna go some pretty crazy places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that that it will be something that causes people to think. Even if it's not, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. But like. To me, the big question has always been, you know, how did how did humanity get to this point? Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know, like you know, I mean, rather than rather than thinking like, you know, why am I here? You know, it's almost like how do I fit into the cosmic strata? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just I'm just a bunch of electrons mm-hmm. and protons and yeah. neutrons and quarks and gluon or whatever yeah I, man i gotta talk to dan shiles about that stuff <laughs> yeah man. a little shout out but well, right know, on dude like, yeah this that, that that's awesome um you know and and this has been a great conversation yeah and, man and, and and you know as we wrap it up we're gonna sort of like bring it home but um uh, what do you want to leave people with in terms of kind of this project you're working on or your artistry and, and, and of course where people can find out more about what you're doing and follow up on, on this rock opera and the things Absolutely. that you create. Um, well, you know, what I, what I want to do is, is I want to bring this story of my healer made of space dust. I want to bring it to people. Um, we're going to do the graphic novel. There's going to be music with it. Um, we're going to try to do something interesting and we're going to try to do something cool. And honestly, if you like safe, you know, if you like, if you're a creature of habit, that's, that's totally cool, but this might not be for you. But if you're adventurous and you know, you want to, you want to go down the rabbit hole with me, then, then I hope that you will. I hope that people will. I hope that, uh, you know, that people will, uh, you know, give the healer. A yeah, spin. man, that's see killer, what, dude. Like. That's perfect. The perfect kind of art. It, it, if it's for you, it's for you, and it's not for everybody. Right. Where are the links where people can find out more? Um. So, uh, if you want to sign up for the uh, email list, um, it's uh, the Interstellar Healer. So T H E Interstellar I N T. Well, you know how to spell it. We'll <laughs> put it in the show notes. There you go. Yep. Uh, the Interstellar Healer. Uh, dot card C A R R D dot co. Sweet. Uh, so if you if you uh, I think you might have to put HTTPS. Yeah, it'll uh, like yeah, your browser will do all that. Yeah, but yeah, cool man. So, so you can sign up for the mailing list yep. there, and then once the graphic, the first issue of the graphic novel is complete, then it's gonna be it's gonna be free. Anybody can view it. Um, it'll be online, um, and you can check it out. Exchange your email address. Yep. You get the you get it, and I'll yeah. keep you posted. Um, there's gonna be several issues of this it's gonna it's gonna go on for a while killer man so, so you definitely want to put go to the go to the the address we'll link it up in the show notes write it down when you hear him say it and uh put your email address in there yep. stay connected to everything that tim is creating this story of the interstellar healer and the forthcoming rock opera and the other things that uh you will be creating in the future man it's yeah, great man. and uh in the future near future probably you'll do some sort of uh, more direct uh, easier to remember domain name 
Yes. We'll get, we'll, yeah, we're going to get I'll, You and I'll follow up on that, and we'll talk yeah. about how to set that up. But you're killer gonna, man. You're going to help me get all that organized. Yeah, right on, man. <laughs> that's how I think. That's what I do. That's my uh, that's my contribution. Dude, exactly. thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for um, having me, man. Yeah, man. This has been great. It's a great conversation. Cool. The first of many, man. This yeah. is great. Oh, I always yeah. really enjoy talking with you about these things yeah, and man, it's, hashing out the art, artists and sort of the the, the the human condition and stuff. So, we get real with yeah, it. Yeah, man. man. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> and welcome. Uh, thank yeah, you, man. I look forward to uh, more conversations in the future, man. Right on, man. All right, dude. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right, take it easy. All right, all you artistic visionaries and creative music makers, there's another episode of The Modern Recordist for you. Thanks for hanging out week after week and giving us a reason to spend time doing something we enjoy getting to do. Hey, make sure you get subscribed to The Modern Recordist, which you can now do on either iTunes or Stitcher. So fire up your favorite podcast app, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap the subscribe button you will find there. Also, please take literally just a second to leave a rating and review of the podcast. Good and honest ratings and reviews help other listeners see the value you're getting out of listening to the podcast, and it helps us to know whether or not we're producing episodes that are interesting to you. Okay, I'm going to go see if I can play my guitar so loud that I actually set my amp on fire. That's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create music that impacts the world.